Was yours eleven and a half percent? Was it a bomber? <laughs> it's gonna be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've got a couple big beers, so should be fun. Hey, we're on. That was quick. YouTube is on its game when I'm not. That's awesome. And no, Sam's, it will not be pickle beer round two. I doubt, unless someone wants to, like, here's the deal. The bar has been set. The bar has been set at send me an RTX A5000 and I'll take two sips of a pickle beer. That's the bar. If you want to hit that bar, that's where I'll meet you. Otherwise, there will not be a round two. Anyway, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 255, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. Oh, hold on, we're all muted. Are we all muted? Dang it. Nope, we're not muted. John's muted. Muted. There we go. He wasn't saying anything, inter anything interesting was... anyway. All right. All right. Let, let's try that again. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 255, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. <laughs> last but not least, if you'd like to take part in these, I had, had to empty the glass. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Like Dr. Ian Cutris and all the other cool people who hang out. It's yeah. uh it's a great time. There's there's a lot of other really nice YouTubers out there that are joined the Discord and it's it's fun. It's a really great, great, fantastic community. Techno Tim pokes his head around too. every once yeah. in a while. We've got uh Tom Lawrence from uh from Lawrence Systems. We've got yeah. we've got a lot of I think he posts Vox is still still part of it. Um so yeah, we, we we got a lot of uh a lot of cool tech tubers over there. Yeah. And uh it's not just a place where I advertise myself. It's actually the place you'll probably hear about me the least. <laughs> or just his problems. Oh, or just <laughs> you'll get a pre you'll get a preview of the uh, how bad Watch could it. it be videos or the yeah. <laughs> what might have been videos. Gosh, what did I what did I even call those? I had like three of them in a row. Where what could have been? What could have been? Yeah. There we go. And all the different beers you're having because of it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, John, how's it going? It's a good day so far. No. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a, it's one of those days where you're like, yeah, I need a lunch beer. Yeah, I need an Imperial. Yep. Yeah, I need like 20 ounces. <laughs> 22. Yep. 
<laughs> so I was like, around three o'clock, I was like, oh, yeah, I like my job now. Yeah, my job's not too bad. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you know the uh, the episode of Parks and Rec where uh, uh, give me all the eggs you have. Wait, I just want to make sure you heard me correctly. Oh, yeah. What yeah, I yeah. think you heard is give me a lot of eggs. What I said was give me all the eggs you have. Yes. Um, I kind of feel that way when I when I go out and get a burger and uh, and, and I'll order a beer. And, and usually when I go out, it's like, you know, give me a Black Butte Porter or a, a Widmer Hef or, you know, something... Standard. Something standard. You know, that I usually don't go too exotic when I go out and get a beer. But they'll go 16 or 22. And and my response is usually the Ron Swanson. I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has been... It has been a day. Uh... I've been putting a certain company on blast on Twitter all day. I don't know if anyone has seen that. Uh, we'll just start out with this. I'm really pissed off with Rokinon. Rokinon, the lens company. What could I possibly be pissed off at Rokinon for? I own, I've, I've owned over the years like somewhere between eight and ten of their lenses and I've really never had anything bad to say. Well, I'll tell you what I have to say. I have $1,600 worth of useless junk sitting on my desk right now, all of which is less than six months old. In fact, the average of which is three months old. Uh, so I have, for my cameras, a full set of Rokinon Cine lenses. Uh, they are wonderful lenses, T1.5, color-tuned to each other, they're a wonderful set of lenses. Uh, like I, between this at like three hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars a piece, and spending about two grand per lens, you really can't do any better. Uh, and so I've got a full set of five, five cine lenses. I've got I've got their fourteen, I've got their twenty four, the thirty five, the fifty, and the eighty five, and they're wonderful lenses. I have no complaints about their manual focus lenses. Last year, Rokinon started doing autofocus lenses. Um, and where the cine lenses have always been kind of like the best bang for the buck, and for the most part, very well built, over-engineered, you know, metal housings, everything else. Uh, I discovered today that the AF lenses seem to have cut a few corners, especially when it comes to the lens mount. Now the lens mount, you look at the back, it's got a rubber gasket. It's sealed. It's a professional-looking lens. It's very hefty. It's it's probably pushing a kilogram or or close to two pounds just in a seven you know a twenty-four to seventy f 2.8 lens. It feels premium. It performs like a professional lens. Uh, I I have been over the moon about its performance, both autofocus and and uh, and just overall optics performance. Uh, however. All of that metal mount and rubber sealing doesn't do a damn bit of good if the lens mount is literally connected with four plastic standoffs that are about an inch tall each. And that's literally the only thing holding the lens to your camera. Uh, now, I damaged a lens uh, back in July. Uh, I had an incident where I knocked a camera off of my desk. And my cameras usually have lenses on them and it fell off my desk, probably right around three feet. 
Um, it landed lens first, and it sheared the lens mount straight off the lens. The camera body was undamaged at all, uh, but it sheared the lens mount off, and I went, holy crap, that's the worst thing I've ever done to a camera. Um, and I've dropped a camera 12 feet before and had the lens hood bounce off the ground and go, ha, 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 like punch me clown style. Um, this is the most damage I've ever done to a lens, um, where the mount is still on the camera and the lens is three feet away. Um, I felt awful. I, I, I felt like throwing up. Uh, so I just bit the bullet and went, you know what? That's my bad. I'm going to buy another lens. I'm not going to call any, throw anyone under the bus. I'm not going to talk about lens quality. Although a professional lens at $800 should be able to survive a two foot drop. Like, like <laughs> I, I'm not even going to do that. Like this was on me. The second lens, I bought the exact same lens, the exact same Rokinon 24 to 70. Um, because I was so happy with the overall performance of it. it it's been the workhorse of my channel for the last six to eight months. Um, bought the exact same lens. This lens has been babied. It is lived on the camera body and is lived on a tripod in a climate controlled environment its entire life. Nothing ill has ever beset this lens. There's not even been awkward glances or farts in an elevator. Like, like I, I cannot think of a lens that I've taken better care of. So descriptive. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I went to take that lens off my camera today because I needed to do a shoot with some of my Rokinon Cine lenses. I needed to, to, to do some B-roll and do some, you know, very fine-tuned autofocus and put it on my rail slider and that kind of thing. So I went to swap out my lens today. When I, and I, I had the camera upright and I took the lens off vertically. When I did that, it dropped a screw onto my lens sensor or onto my, my camera sensor. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I looked at the lens and I went, well, that's unusual. Maybe it just needs a bit of Loctite. I naively said to myself, maybe there's just, maybe the vibrations from my basement studio rattled this screw loose. So I decided to take the other three screws out of the lens and inspect and make sure everything was was okay and then put it all back together and I was gonna lock tight it up. Um, I went to take out a second screw and that second screw wouldn't back off at all. Well, that's so, curious. Yeah. Uh, so finally I got that screw backed off but the threads obviously weren't engaging with anything anymore as was the problem with the first screw that, again, fell into my camera body. Um, got all four screws out, pulled it off, and all four of those, those, lens, those lens mount posts had disintegrated. There this was is nothing, a new lens, right? This is a brand new lens. Three months old, purchased <laughs> July 6th of this year lived on the camera body and on a tripod 
its entire life. Never been traveled with, never been around the globe, never been in, it's never even been like on an airplane. Like, I haven't taken this lens anywhere but this room. It arrived in this room, it was placed on the camera, and it's literally been there ever since. <laughs> um, sounds, like, sounds like you got screwed. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so the first lens that I went through, I went a little disappointed for a pro lens that it couldn't take a, a two-foot drop. Like, have you ever used a Canon L-series lens or a, a Nikon Nikkor lens or or a Zeiss or anything like that? They're literally tanks. They are the epitome of why you spend $2,000 for a 35mm prime lens. Like, they are built to a certain standard that, like, think about the fridge that your grandma had that she bought brand new oh, in yeah. 1966. <clears throat> and that same fridge that was still working when, when you know, you turned 40. That fridge, that fridge that still works today. Um, that's that's kind of how, like, Canon L-series lenses and, and Nikkor lenses and the old uh, uh, Rokor lenses from Minolta, like, there's just a different standard quality build of those types of parts. Um, Rokinon, not following that same build quality. Uh, <laughs> so at first I thought it was just the two like exposed posts that had broken and, and like gave way on this camera. And I was like, wow, I'm really disappointed in this. And upon taking pictures and posting them to Twitter and getting to see them on something other than my cell phone and, uh, you know, my poor eyesight, uh, I went, oh, look, all four posts that, that hold the lens to the mount have literally disintegrated inside this, this lens body. Um, Rokinon, I want my $1,600 back. Yeah. I've gone through two lenses in six months now. I didn't get into this business expecting lenses to be consumables. I, I didn't realize that they were a, 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 you know, they had a mileage limit on them. And apparently, apparently the mileage limit is about 15 feet because that's all the second one is moved in its entire lifespan after being shipped to me from B&H. Well, but that, I'm, that autofocus that that just totally disintegrates the screws. They there's a warning that says after three autofocuses, right? You get, you get one autofocus. You can rack screw. it three that's times it. on that's on the it. fourth. You're that's done, done. You know. Yeah. To put it mildly, I'm fairly annoyed. Uh, so wasn't going to start the show with that, but here we are. <laughs> so after that, Jeff, what are you drinking? <laughs> oh, I've I've got a couple ones. Um, I'm I'm letting one warm up. Just a little bit, just a little okay. bit, um, and I'll, I'll I'll tease just a little bit here. How's that? Oh, okay. Okay. Let that one. That I already know just from the wax. I have a good guess. Do you want to fathom a guess on it? All right, I will guess it is Crux Tough Love. No. Oh, it's not. It's is not it Crux. Crux. Oh, the wax it's, looks like Crux. It does look like Crux. It, it, it's even got the little, you know, yeah. they, they love doing that, like, let they it hang. They love doing, like, the extra drips. And yeah. Yeah, like, like the... Fre Fremont and Crux are the two that, that usually yeah. do that, and Fremont's a completely different color. It's yeah. neither. 
okay. All right. It's Wait, not Crux, that... and it's not a stout. Is that sent to you? Yes. Or is it local? Sent okay. to me. Okay. Okay, okay. All right, so that's Carter. Um, in the meantime, uh, it's spooky season. Oh, okay. Go with that one. I'm going with that one first. Do okay. you think I got a pumpkin wax seal? Are, are you I, mental? I, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Um, this comes from Southern Tier Brewing. Uh, this is what I feel is the only coffee or the only pumpkin drink that I would ever want. Um outside of like a cider like i've had some pumpkin infused ciders they're pretty good uh uh two towns does a pretty good one uh that with their pumpkin series they've got a, a bad pumpkin and a and an even worse pumpkin or something like yeah, that something they're like, like 12 and a half percent yeah oh they're delicious uh this is from southern tier brewing and it is a cold brew pumpkin nitro stout uh, uh 8.6 percent Cold brew coffee and pumpkin. So that's what I'm going with. I, I have a question. Was that sent to you or did you buy that? I bought this locally. Where did you buy that locally? I bought this at the shop that's closest to my house. And you know, okay. you know the one that know, I'm talking I, about. I know the yeah. one. I cannot find any Southern tier around me because I am trying to find pumpkin, just the original one. Yeah. And I can't find it anywhere in the Portland area. Yeah, at least the you know the few distance yeah. I have. Um, no, so I, I have to make. No, I I bought this one uh, and I bought it actually a couple months ago. It's been in my fridge since like July, August. Oh wow. Okay. Well, whatever. I guess my video will just not have Southern Tier. <laughs> well, and and uh, sorry, this is not a stout. This is simply an ale that was oh. brewed with with coffee and pumpkin. So it's actually a uh, kind of a lighter color. Oh, yeah, kind of more like a blonde stout. Yeah. Well, uh, for my first, uh, since my other one is a bit bigger, I think I'll save that for that. Uh, I'm going to go with a collaboration of Toppling Goliath and North Park, and it is their Dino Park Double Imperial IPA. So it Ooh. is their Pseudo Sue. Pseudo Sue and the... Uh... Whatever their other, uh, the, yeah. the one from Jurassic Park that took out the IT. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I had Diplodocus. I don't remember what they called it. The one that spits. Yeah, that doesn't actually spit or have the frilled ridge. Yeah, yeah. That they made up. But yeah, this is. I think it's so uh, with Citra Strata and Galaxy. Nice. It's a nice little combo. Um, I will say, holy crap, this head. Holy, like, like I've had nitro beers before. Nitro is nothing new to me. Uh, Left Hand makes a phenomenal nitro stout. Oh, yeah. There's a number of other nitro beers that I've had. This is probably the thickest head I've ever seen on a beer. Ever, ever, ever. Um, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that. That's a thick beer. Or a thick head. Like. This is about where you want to pull your meringue when you're, when you're whipping it. Like it's it's that thick. I know those are, those are the type of beers like you want to like almost cook with or make desserts with, just because you know they would be so good. Right, right. I want to make a dessert with that. 
That is very interesting. That is very interesting. Is that your only one, or have you had it before? This is my only one. I bought, I bought a single can. Mm. You want pumpkin gear, sir? You're like, single. That's all I want. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just give me one. Uh, I will review that momentarily. Uh, we do have a super chat. Kren chimes in with his traditional two Aussie bucks and says, G'day, mates. Uh, how about a bit of pickle cheesecake? No. No. You're talking to the two people on this channel that absolutely hate pickles and mushrooms. I do agree with Jeff on that. Thank you. Uh, we uh, normally don't see eye to eye on, like, anything, but pickles, mushrooms, <laughs> good on you, sir. Yeah. Um, I'm also not a raw tomato guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I will do, like, I'm not going to, like, pick up a tomato and bite into it. Um, I do like tomatoes on certain burgers, on certain sandwiches. It's not like an every burger needs a tomato. I'm, I'm not, like, one of those people. Yeah. But, like, if I'm doing, like, a teriyaki burger, teriyaki burger needs a pineapple ring and a tomato. Uh, like, like... Some 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 bacon cheeseburgers. You gotta have a tomato to balance it out. Like I, like uh, yeah. No, no, no. See, to me, it's it's just like with you and the uh, the pickles or the mushrooms. If it touched it, nope, it's ruined. The juice is on there. You can never get the juice off. They taste <laughs> it. But I do like like tomato sauce based items. Yeah. You know, lasagna, spaghetti, pastas, all that stuff. I like that a lot. I, think I just that's don't like. Uh, raw, I like cooked tomatoes, like sun-dried tomatoes. Got no problem with sun-dried tomatoes. It is the juiciness and everything else that just kind of oozes over your food. My my biggest problem is also cold to hot ratio things. If I'm having a burger, I like everything to be the temperature of that burger or food. I don't I like get a that. cold item I get that. with, yeah. you know, so. I will say when I get burgers, I want the burger piping heat. Yes. Uh, I, I want the cheese still liquid. I want yes. the burger piping hot. Um, but oh, the juice I juice is flowing. Right. It's still sizzling. And and most of the items that are on a burger typically, like the onions, I want the onions just as hot as the burger is. Like, oh yeah. Like yeah. I, I I want them crispy, but I want them hot. And uh, but then I also like appreciate some of the colder stuff. Like I I love a. Uh, you know, good romaine lettuce or, or oh, iceberg yeah. lettuce on it, you know, giant leaves and, and whatnot. I get both camps when it comes to burgers. Like, uh, I'm not with you on the absolutely no tomato, though. No, I, I can't. Uh, well, see, I'm the opposite, though, with mushrooms. Is I can take some mushrooms. Oh, no, no. See, like, no. I, I could do a mushroom soup. I could do sauteed mushrooms on a steak. That's fine. Uh, but there are certain other mushrooms I'm just like, no. I can do mushroom soup, like cream of mushroom, if you're putting yeah. it over like a brisket or something like that. And and it's it's more of a flavor. If there's no chunks, I'm okay. Um, for me with mushrooms, it's 80% texture, but there's still 20% of the flavor that I have to deal with, and it better be balanced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't like people that do the portobello mushroom steaks. Like, ah. Uh, I, I no, uh, no, 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 that's, that's nasty. That does not taste like a steak. <laughs> I took, I took one bite. Like, nope. Yeah. I, I've been trying to be a bit more like, I'll try one bite, but I'm like, no, uh, avocado. I hate avocado. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love avocado. 
I can't, I can't taste love take anything oh. guac or avocado. So sour good. cream. I hate sour cream. I could do sour cream. Uh, so there was one other thing that I wanted to get to, and that was a uh, dual bearded tech, longtime uh, friend of the channel. Apparently, his son Tristan got married today. So, congratulations, Tristan. Many happy oh. years. May you yes. uh, may you wall wallow in misery with the rest of us one day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the start of the end of your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is awesome. Uh, yes, congrats. Uh, Cheers uh, to that. As I like to say, I've uh, I've been married for sixteen years, and seven of them happily. No. <laughs> <laughs> at least two. At, at least, least at least two. Yes. <laughs> And those are all went up by myself. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't abide by the. Uh, I, I'm, I'm married to my wife, and I hate her. I love my wife. Like, oh yeah. There's a reason I married her. She's my absolute best friend. So Tristan, congrats. Uh, let's see. Zachary chimes in with one hundred dollars. Tomorrow is me and the missus' tenth anniversary. Congratulations, Zach. Uh, can we get a shout out to my wife and all partners who put up with our expensive, hot, loud shenanigans and our home lab gear too? Uh, right there. <laughs> here, here. Uh, my wife puts up with so much, but I also like to think that it's also why she married me. Like, uh, was I into all of the hobbies that I have now 16, 18 years ago? No. Uh, but at the same time, I think she appreciates the the handiness that, that comes with being married to someone like me. Um, and in fact, I'm, uh, John, you're in, you're in this story. Oh, oh look uh, at that. <laughs> John, you're in this story. Uh, so... About a year ago, I purchased a CNC machine, kind of on a whim. See? Um, and uh, invested a fair amount into it. I'm about $650, almost $700 invested into it. And uh, started producing uh, some items that will be for sale. Uh, not, not necessarily like Etsy store stuff, but started, started doing some, some items for sale. Uh, partially for a family friend. Uh, we do a haunted house every year. I'm the manager of a haunted house and we started producing some water bottles for him. And I went, well, hell, I have a laser cutter. I might as well, you know, get some legs out of it. And uh, made some honestly kick-ass water bottles for him. So I started looking at it and I went, well, if I can make water bottles for him, what kind of water bottles can I make for me? So John has seen one. And and uh, the mods in the Discord have seen the water bottle that will very shortly be for sale. LTT store, eat your heart out, is all I have to say. It's a lot better. It really is. It It's it's a kick-ass water bottle. Um, but uh, I wanted to make them at home. And so I decided to upgrade my laser cutter. So John is going to be buying my existing CNC laser, which is a fine unit in itself. Yeah. But I bought myself uh, a 15 or $1,600, like really nice, it, it's a 24 watt 
diode laser. When I say 24 watt diode, it's actually a 24 watt. It's four six watt diodes that will combine their beams into a single 24 watt. It's uh, came out just a couple of months ago. It's awesome. Uh, but it'll be able to produce things at speed and at scale for me if I'm wanting to make like 50 of something. Wink, wink. Uh, and uh, I'm also embarking on like, for those who also don't know, I also used to be a CNC machinist in a past life. So I've, I've got some of this stuff like already in my blood and I've been itching to get back into it. And this just kind of gave me an excuse. Uh, my wife has had this crazy idea of she she does a lot of sewing and cosplay and costuming and things like that. She has always wanted a fabric laser cutter, uh, a, a laser cutter that can cut kind of similar to what I'm looking at large projects at scale faster than you can blink. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to cut fabric with a five watt laser. It actually goes really quick and you get nice clean edges and you can produce the same item time after time uh, on a whim. Just lay your fabric down, done. Whereas my wife would sit there and like cut out patterns for like two hours and then tape them together and then cut the fabric, which would take another hour. Man, I would rather sit down on my computer for 20 minutes and just zip and be done. Uh, I don't know where John went, but he's back. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm building my wife a four foot by six foot diode laser. <laughs> so John, your purchase of my old CNC is going to fund literally the frame <laughs> of the new laser cutter. So the wife gets a new laser, I get a new laser, John gets a new laser. Everybody hey, wins. See? So you all put up with our hobbies, but you all subscribed to our hobbies. So you knew what this was when you signed that agreement. I like to think that they saw something in us and this craziness expands, but it also, like you said, helps in other ways mm -hmm. too. There are other treats they get. It's kind of like a... Uh, I, want, I don't want to say a long-term investment, but they saw a potential and it's just growing. Now it's growing in other ways too that might cost more, but we're also bringing in possibly more revenue or right. bringing new. Nope, there he goes. Yeah, bringing in new revenue. Uh, my wife is a very talented seamstress um, and uh, she's been wanting to get into doing a lot more uh, costuming and things of that sort, uh, you know, commissioning cosplays and things like that. Uh, this will give her a much faster turnaround and honestly will result in lower prices for clients that want to reach out to her. Uh, so hopefully John will, uh, will join our stream again. Otherwise, this is going to be a very awkward conversation because we really don't have a lot of news to talk about today. Uh, the RTX 4090 embargo lifted this morning, and oh, you're back. I, are you are you back? I, there you are. I, I, I think so. Thanks, okay. Comcast. Okay. Thanks, Comcast, on either end. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's 
it's been a strong connection and then all of a sudden my connection just drops and then 30 seconds later it turns on uh, my goes out. yeah a couple people chiming in uh scotty says uh just put in the order for an x-tool 20 watt diode and infrared modules that's awesome um i bought for myself actually one of the diodes is over there uh, so for my wife's module, I bought her a a two by five. So it's two five watt diodes. So she has a 10 watt actual output on it. Um, and it's smaller than a 0.1 millimeter focus. It's a point, 0.8 by 0.1 or something like that. So it's, uh, it's a really small focus point uh, on the diode itself. And it should be able to just carve through literally whatever she wants to put down. Um, also, since we're getting her a nice module, it actually uses the same carriage that my new 4x6 watt will use for a 24 watt output. So if I wanted to carve out or engrave plywood or things like that on a 4 foot by 6 foot platform... I also am going to have the ability to take out her laser and use my 24 watt with air assist to cut literally whatever I want. You want like a four foot by six foot map of Middle Earth? Done. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so I'm very much looking forward to some of our new manufacturing and creator uh, gear that we're going to be having around the house. Uh, but take this as a very... Very loose announcement on the Patreon and the, the float plane that uh, some exclusive merch is going to be coming to that platform that I will only be selling if you're also a backer. Yes, it requires a buy-in for stuff like this, but hey, it's in-house merch. What do you want? I'm not going to produce a thousand of these. Uh, but things like water bottles or or plaques or, or various other things, those are going to start coming. So... Uh, Keep an eye out. There will there will be an announcement probably within the next couple of weeks, though. That will come in the form of a video and a, a prototype. So I have one, and Rhett has the other prototype of, of our craft computing water bottles. So, And we lost John again. Oh, awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. What's chat doing? $40 water bottles? I'm hoping for slightly less. Um, I'm hoping for right around the $35 price point. Um, now, on the existing... Sounds like John's coming back. Um, on my first run with my 5.5 watt diode, uh, the, the water bottle cut was six hours. That's not cheap to do. <laughs> uh, you know, when you can only produce three per day when you're awake, uh, that's not cheap to do. So I was going to almost be forced to do like $40. I'm trying to get the cost down to about $35 uh, when it actually comes out. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, like I said, I'm hoping for a $35 price point end of the day. But remember, these are also low production and in-house. Like every water bottle, I actually put on the cutter myself. And I did all the designing myself. I did all of the machine work myself. I did all of the final polish work myself. 
There's a little bit of Jeff in every bottle. Let's see, call up Skull from the miners. <laughs> we might have to if uh, if this doesn't get any better. I'm sure Skull has some opinions on on uh, on Ada graphics cards because that's literally the only item I have on my list for today is is RTX 4090s and uh, what I thought of the review cycle this this time around. Uh, when is she making you a Star Trek gray-black uniform? Uh, I'm not necessarily around the gray-black unless you're talking about the DS9 era with like the gray shoulders and then just the 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 colored tunic underneath. Because uh, I'm totally about that. Uh, and that's actually been on my list for a long time. Uh, but eventually I will get one of those. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see. You get a laser. You get a laser. Everyone gets a laser. Yes. Uh, uh, let's see. Start spooling up CAD files for Jeff's printing and cutting capabilities. And that's the thing is I'm actually thinking about starting to do like some commission work as well on the side. Since I am getting some of this equipment and, and will be well acquainted with it, it might be something that I can uh, spin up pretty quickly. Uh, let's see. Skull, this could be your moment to shine. <laughs> uh, Skull says, ah, I would have to redact some things in my office at the moment. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give John another three minutes. Oh, it looks like he's sitting down. Hopefully we have John back. Hey, all right. Hey. Nice. All right. Did you, uh... Talk about the embargo lift already? We did not talk about the embargo lift. Uh, in oh, fact, okay. we were just about ready to call Skull up from the minor leagues uh, <laughs> to, to fill a, a certain position. Oh, no, no. Just Wi-Fi, the router. I don't know what's going on. So my wife's saying it's it's been happening for two days. And it's like, mm -hmm. great. Thanks for telling me. Uh, yeah. Look, look, been looking up at Comcast. Comcast, no outages in your area. It's like, um Okay, I uh, don't really have time to look at this right now. <laughs> yeah. Reset. Yep. Do that. Hopefully that'll fix it. Uh, when you walked up to reset it, it actually came back on on its own. Um, of course, that's the way so, it always works, right? So I don't know what that means. But uh, let's see. Hold on. There's a certain comment here that I, I have to address. Uh, so do I want to walk across the room and show it off. One sec. John, do you have something to talk about? Uh, I mean, I can. T tell you what, f f fill 30 seconds for me. Fill 30 seconds. Okay, I can fill 30 seconds. Well, you know what we never did? It was actually go through the top chats. I know this is running really kind of late, and people are saying also that they can't hear me. But we never saw anyone what they're drinking today, and we usually do like to talk about that. So did anyone uh, mention what they're saying in drinking in the chats? Um, if you tried it already or change your drink i meant go ahead and do it we got dean is probably already done with that blue moon that's fine uh william is having a steel reserve lager i haven't had one of those in a very 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 long time nope that's nothing else uh, 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 nope, nope. Okay, so uh, gearing up for some Oktoberfest brews, Sean. You know, uh, it's so hard with Oktoberfest brews that you get the Marsons, you get, you know, the lagers and maltier beers, but then also around here you get the pumpkin beers and then you get um, 
stouts and fresh hops, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Lots of fresh hop beats out uh, Oktoberfest beers. Oh, fresh hop beers always win. Yeah, so I was uh, trying to go through. We never did the uh, shout-outs to the drinks, and so I was trying to go back to that. Oh, gotcha. And Yeah, uh, we never reviewed those. Uh, Mizik says, uh, so you're going to get a Revo Point pop and uh, start doing some 3D modeling as if I don't already have one. That was the whole point. Was to walk across the room and grab my 3D scanner. 3D modeler. Um, Are you gonna start doing your face now? Uh, actually, I I had done my face once before. Uh, I I didn't necessarily know that I wanted a 3D copy of my face floating around the internet though. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so I bought this a while back. For those that don't know, this is a. Uh, would you call this a rotoscope? Um, a stereoscopic 3D scanner. Uh, so it uses an infrared grid that shines onto an object and then uses two cameras to both record the grid as well as texture data and recreate a 3D image in real time. Um, actually, what's funny is Revopop recently reached out and they were wanting to do some uh, ad integrations for their laser scanner. And I went, totally, just send one over so I can play with it. And uh, <laughs> so hopefully that ends up working out. That was like a couple weeks ago and I haven't heard back yet. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that'll that'll turn out into something. But uh, yes, no, uh, getting into more maker things, it has always been very high on my list. Uh, like I, I and and eventually I want to use Craft Extra to kind of showcase some of the stuff that I'm doing. In fact, when I start putting together my lasers, those will probably end up on Craft Extra because I don't know that they do all that well on the regular craft computing. But I think there's some people who still want to see that that stuff come together. So I feel that's a great use of the second channel. So I can still share what I want and don't have to worry about the view hit. Uh, let's yeah. see. Let's see. Hang on. What else? There was something else. Oh, yes. Uh, we have, what is it? Darn it. We got 132 watching right now, but only 35 likes. So remember to hit that like button on this video. Uh, subscribe like Jeff was talking about, too, if you wanted to. And I don't know if you pimped it out already because usually I'm the only one that does it. Uh, the Discord, because to see all those awesome CNC stuff and products, uh, that you're going to have and the extra channels. And so make sure to also sub to craft extra to check all the cool latest right now. It is mostly a clip show, but as you have heard, you want to be on top of the game to get all of those new upcoming videos that are coming out. So be that you go and do that right now. That's just <laughs> sorry. I'm texting my wife to see if she can bring me down my, uh, my water bottle so I can just kind of go, uh <laughs> um, you, you just need like a mechanical lazy Susan in the background, right? Right. Just, just rotating it. So I'll, I'll give you all a, focus. I'll give you all a very very brief sneak preview. Uh, oh, it wait, is. No, here, here's what we do. If we can hit 50 likes, you should you should give a preview. We're at 56 likes. Are we? Yeah. Oh, the guess, official tally it. is 56. All right, then 100. 100 100 likes and and I'll do the uh, I'll, I'll do a preview. 
Uh, Zachary wants to know A16 versus A5000 when referencing the uh, RTX A5000 and RTX A16 that I have both of currently in my possession. Uh, so actually the first card up is going to be the uh, the P100. Yeah, Pascal. 16 gigs of HBM2. Oh yeah. Uh, that's going to be the first video. I'm still working on trying to unlock VGPU for the A16. Um, but I likely won't do a direct comparison between the A16 and the A5000 because it's a... Four GPU with 1280 CUDA cores versus a single GPU with literally like 4800 CUDA cores. Like, oh, one set. <laughs> you got it. All right, 100 likes, so let's do this. Hey, look at that. Just like that, we're at 85 likes. So 15 more. And, uh, Dang, I'm good at this. And, and I'll show you guys the thing that's in my hand. Uh, oh, the other thing that's in my hand. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Family friendly. <laughs> family Jeff. friendly show. What are you doing, Jeff? It's a water bottle joke. What? Wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll compare them directly against each other. Uh, let, me, let me verify my, my numbers here. Uh, the A5000 is an 8192 CUDA core with 24 gigs of memory. Um, and it's a single die with a single memory pool. The A16 is for 1280 CUDA core with 16 gigs of video memory each. And it's more for video rendering and uh, like stream encoding than it is for oh, wait, rasterization. I, I, didn't hit like. I didn't hit like. Yeah. Oh, two more. Yeah, 98, 98, two more, two more. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to hit it. Uh, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Come on. Just need two more. Jeff, uh, did you hit like? <laughs> I didn't hit. I don't like my own things, unlike you do. Uh, actually, I, I do a lot. Of, most of my dislikes are my dislikes, though. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. The camera was shaking. Uh-uh. Uh, uh, warp stabilizer. Hey, there it horrible. is. All right, we yeah, hit triple digits. All right. So here is the craft computing water bottle. Um so this is not the best image of it. And let me tell you, the camera does not do oh, no. this justice. This thing is gorgeous. So it is a full wraparound design. Um, this bottle comes as just a powder coated bottle. And what I've done is I've etched away the powder coating. And so there's actually a texture to it on all of the, the, the circuit traces. And uh, it's stainless steel underneath. And it is absolutely freaking gorgeous. Um, can I, uh, question, can I share the image on Discord? Uh, I'd rather you didn't. Okay, that's why I asked first. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather the original image not be shared, simply because that is now a copyright craft computing image. Ah, uh, well, no, no, the ones you, the one of the... Oh, one, oh, the not, pictures. The, the pictures picture of the bottle? Of, of the, the bottle. Yes, you may share okay. those. Yeah. So uh, if you want to see a better image, join the Discord. 
Yeah. So I'm hoping to have these available for about $35. Um, I've got some work to do still to make that a reality. Uh, so this is a 24 ounce water bottle with a captive lid, which I really like. It's also got the carabiner hook on it. Uh, and uh, double insulated, double wall insulated stainless steel. Uh, and this is a 100% custom. I did license a good chunk of this design, but I had to heavily modify the circuit pattern that's on it in order to fit my logo and then to have it wrap around the bottle. Uh, but you can see there's less than a finger width of space between this is the bottom and this is the top. Uh, so these will be available for sale, but they are going to be backer exclusives only. So that means oh. Patreon and Floatplane. Uh, so link in the description if you want to find out the announcement date for those and, and everything else that goes along with that. Um, and the reason I'm doing it that way is I simply don't have the capacity to make like 500 of them if if that comes up. I'm going to be lucky if I can make 50. Uh, but I will be taking pre-orders for them. And honestly, if my 640 total backers on Discord end up buying one, I will make 640 of them. Like, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, but I I don't necessarily want to open it up to all 282,000 subscribers that I have on oh, yeah. YouTube right now because I don't have that kind of manufacturing capacity. Now, I could probably farm this out, but I think there's also some value in, like, Jeff literally made this himself. This will be made in my garage oh, and then shipped oh. directly from me. So <laughs> Version 1 is Jeff. Version 2 is Rhett and it's slightly tilted. <laughs> uh, actually, version one was Rhett, and uh, there, uh, the rotary caught a couple of times on his. So some of the trace, some of the uh, the CPU pins right here, one of them's a little skinny. <laughs> like I said, these are my prototypes. It's okay. So they're they're vintage. So he will sign those, and those will be rare. Right. <laughs> All factory flaws come as is. Yeah. No, oh, I did God. actually buy my new laser and a new rotary for it. Uh, that should be 100% perfection uh, as they're coming out. Uh, put Rhett to work. Yeah, Rhett's going to be probably shipping these out himself. Uh, so we're going to source some boxes to ship these in. Um, the Rhett rejects. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all need a stamp of Rhett approval. So I, I don't mean to... Um, like poo-poo any of my my other merch, and I'm not trying to like compete with myself here. Um, the merch on my store is not bad, but it's also print on demand. There's there's only a certain level that you can get when it's print on demand and not not manufactured for a specific purpose to a certain standard, etc. Um, I've designed all the things that are on my merch store, craftcomputing.store. Um and I'm actually really proud of what we've been able to do with like uh, the the TOS inspired shirts, uh, the yeah. the uniform inspired shirts, uh, my my out of beer logo that I've got. That's also an amazing design. Um, and what we get from there is pretty darn good, but it's still print on demand style products. Um, they're good and they're good quality, but they're not they're not purpose built. They're not craft. How's that? Um, and eventually I'd like to get there 
and <clears throat> and I will probably stop doing print on demand at some point. At the moment, print on demand makes sense because I'm just not a logistics company. But eventually, I'd like to get to the point where I'm either manufacturing my own stuff or distributing my own stuff or both. Yeah. So. Oh, that's where you get the quality. That's where you get that seal, that touch. That's what people like about creators too. Mm-hmm. Is there's that little bit of hand involved? Um, you know. Sure, the print on demand stuff. It's yeah, I designed this logo. But again, like you said with this one, you you etched it, you had to do it, and then you're doing right. each one. There's a little mistake because Rhett messed up. You're like, uh, oh, well, but it still kind of worked. It's, it's Right. The fans that wanted those these items, they kind of want that. Now the, other, want- now, the other thing that I'm thinking, so this is the, uh, the seven-segment digits that came out uh, that were part of the artwork that I purchased. Um, I've been thinking about letting Discord people customize and be able to put their names in if they want to spend a little extra. So that may be a, a, another announcement in Perfect. conjunction with this. So you can get your Discord name etched on the bottle. There you go. Yeah. But you got to do it like computer lingo of like, you know, text and numbers. Right. Yeah. No, I, I was looking at doing like seven segment letter design. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and then making, you know, each one individually and shipping it out. So... That wouldn't be very much work to do on my end. I mean, it's still a little bit of design work for each individual name, especially if your name like, would wrap first, around yeah. the top. Uh, so that might take a little bit, you know, extra consideration. But yeah, merchandising, where the real money from YouTube is made. No truer words have been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Everyone action- thinks YouTube makes... YouTubers make money. No. LTTstore.com accounts for over a third of their revenue, and it accounts for more revenue than they make from YouTube. So yeah. it's a real thing. Uh, and I kind of want a piece of it. Like, like I, I didn't get into this to just... Make videos. Be able to quit my day job. Like, I, I got into this to uh, be able to, to have fun and, and also make money. So... Character limit, or it gets zero. <laughs> Skull very elite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five K four one one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I'm a stormtrooper. Five K four one one. Why are you not at your post? Five K four one one. Do you copy? <laughs> Looks like you got a bad transmitter. Although in Skull's case, it might be a bad motivator. <laughs> There we go. My chat was disabled. Zing! All right. Uh, We do have, believe it or not, one story to talk about this week. And it involves the RTX 4090. Yep. Um, Now, this is going to be a little bit different take on the RTX 4090. Um, I will say I watched every review as you guys did as they came out. I was witness to the embargo release at 6 o'clock this morning, just like the rest of you. Um... Part of that comes down to, quite honestly, the pandemic, uh, as far as why I haven't gotten access to products like this before. And it's it's a good chunk to do with because a lot of getting involved with PR companies is still being able to shake hands in person. Uh, and uh, I haven't had a chance to do that since 2020 at CES. And I was finally starting to make inroads. And I made a couple 
good inroads with with some PR companies and uh, and and different OEMs and AIBs and things like that. But uh, with the GPU shortage, they kind of went, we're just going to work with the 10 people we already know. And that wasn't me. So years ago, you'd be looking at someone with almost 300,000 subscribers and going, surely they can review like every card they want and any card they want. And I can't even get an email back. <laughs> Don't know why it is, but... Well, I haven't been able to. You're a server guy, Jeff. Right. And then the server people go, well, you're a consumer guy, Jeff. And I'm like, I can be both. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, then everyone's like, you just drink beer, Jeff. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Like, well, you got me there. Anyway, uh, my own. My own 1% issue aside, um, I do have a little bit different take on the RTX 4090 reviews. Now, if you haven't seen them, the 4090 lives up to the hype. The 4090 is bare minimum 50 to 60% faster than the RTX 3090 when it is not being CPU limited in 4K, 120 Hertz, RTX ray traced uh, circumstances. And yes, it's being CPU limited in 4K with ray tracing enabled in some circumstances. It's insane. Uh, I've been talking to a couple people before release and uh, there's never been a bigger jump in performance than we've seen between Ampere and, and, and Ada. And the leap between Turing and Ampere was pretty big already. And the leap between yeah. Maxwell and Pascal, as I highlighted this last week, was also freaking insane. This leap is monumentous. It is once-in-a-lifetime kind of stuff. Uh, now, what is my take on the RTX 4090? Um, my take is this release cycle has a lot to do with why EVGA pulled out of the graphics industry entirely. Let me explain. Uh, for the last couple generations... NVIDIA has been staggering their release cycle, which is not unusual. Uh, they, they do the 90 series first, or the 90 and the 80, or the 80 and the 70, and, and then they'll release some variants of that. They'll release the 60, and then the TIs, and then the Supers, and then the Super TIs, and, you know, it's always got to be a new product that comes out. But we all know these are just different bins and different enabling of cores within the same five dies that they're releasing. There's the GA-102, there's the GA-104, GA-106, GA-107, GA-100 when you get to the Enterprise space and the 3090 Ti. But it's all variants of the same silicon. Um, so staggering your release of a, of a product line is actually kind of the normal thing to do anymore. This release was a little different. This release with the RTX 3090 starts with the very top-end card first. Not only did they start with the top-end card first, they also held an embargo for add-in board partner cards until 24 hours after the release of the RTX 4090 embargo. So the only reviews that you got to see today, very similar to the RTX 3090 when it came out, are of the Founders Edition card. 
you could unbox the Zotac amp, and you could unbox the Aorus, and you could unbox the MSI Arrow or whatever other cards are, are available. But you couldn't talk about them. You couldn't, you couldn't even show them installed. You couldn't show the fans spinning. You couldn't do anything related to performance or benchmarks or anything. All you could do was show performance and benchmarks for the RTX 4090 Founders Edition today. Why did EVGA pull out of the graphics market entirely? It's because they are tired of competing with the hand that feeds them. The hand that feeds them is NVIDIA. They are beholden to NVIDIA's partner program in manufacturing cards at NVIDIA's behest. At NVIDIA giving them so many allocations of cards and saying you will produce X number of 60 series cards and X number of 70 series cards and you will sell them. And if the market takes a dive, the risk is on you. And EVGA said enough and they backed out of the market. Have I talked to anyone at EVGA about the circumstances? No. Uh, I was not on the conference call. Um, I've spoken to a couple people at EVGA behind the scenes, but more to find out what does this mean for you personally? Like, are you going to be okay? Is your position all right? Is, is EVGA taking care of you? Like, I'm reaching out as a friend, not as a media contact. Um, because the media was secondary to me when the, when that announcement happened because it took everyone by by surprise. Um, but we've been seeing this more and more and more really since Pascal, since the Founders Edition of Pascal launched, where NVIDIA is trying to directly compete with their add-in board partners. Not only are they directly competing with their add-in board, board partners with their Founders Edition cards, they are giving artificial advantages to the Founder Series cards, both in the launch media, uh, at retail, when it comes to binning, when it comes to advertising and marketing, when it comes to the review cycle in general. Also, NVIDIA is taking none of the risk when it comes to pricing the cards or inventory management. Because to be an added board partner card, you have to purchase so many cards from NVIDIA. And that number is literally baked into your contract. NVIDIA says, you will purchase 10,000 units or 30,000 units or 50,000 units from us. And you will get a sampling of, you know, GA-102s and GA-104s and 106s and 107s. And you will produce the card SKUs that we tell you to produce. Now... You don't get to use the founders boards. Oh no, no, you have to completely engineer your own solutions and then have them signed off by NVIDIA, which means you can't do fancy things like put two dies on a GPU anymore. No, that'd be competing with NVIDIA. You can't increase the overclocking headroom by so much. Oh no, that'd be competing with NVIDIA's founder cards. You will produce these cards within this specification and sell them for this price. And if the market suddenly decides that we don't want to buy cards for $1,500 anymore, guess who's going to take the hit? The add-in board partners. So NVIDIA is literally playing the king and letting its lords sell, sell grain that were harvested from the king's land. But the king says, you get so much grain and you're going to sell it for this price. And I expect to get my bounty 
from grain that was harvested in my land. But if you lose everything, that's on you. Yeah, it's it's. This is a very interesting thing because the Nvidia or the EVG stuff came out a month ago, basically one month, almost to the day. Yeah, uh, that this happened, and <clears throat> like you said, I, I I don't know anyone ever saw this coming because just like with the thirty series. Uh, there was the Founders Edition, but then there was all the other uh, aftermarket ones about, I don't know, three weeks to one month later that the reviewers, like you were saying, got to review or release, I should say. Um, and it almost came out, though, that the performance in some of those were like 10, 15% a little bit better, or the cooling was a little bit better. Like you were saying, they found their own solutions to things. It mm -hmm. was a little bit harder. And I don't, that, that, that to me comes off odd of, did NVIDIA take that as a slap in the face? What's going on? And I do believe, if I remember correctly, because this was, what, two years ago, technically? Yeah, two uh, years the, is when uh, 3080 and 3090 launched. Yeah, uh, they were even, like, $50 cheaper, I right. think, than the Founders cards. So they're even undercutting the price. Uh, I don't know if NVIDIA is doing kind of almost like a your domestic buyout just saying hey you can no longer produce this beer we're not going to do any of the craft stuff type thing uh you can't do that and then uh, ebg was like screw this uh we're out although I i'm curious what are they going to do now because uh, they've indicated that they're not even going to partner with amd or intel yet right uh they're just muddied in the water as of right now we they're, don't know ebga is literally stepping to the side and going we need to consider what part of the industry we want to be in moving forward. Like, that's uh, really what EVGA is doing right now. Yeah, and, and we don't know. I'm sure it's going to be big news when it comes out. Uh, this news of the new Founders Edition to the 4 Series is overshadowing that. And you make a really good point. I never even thought of this, and so this was a really good point. Um, so now I'm basically having all these free thoughts as I'm talking. So <laughs> Careful, John, uh, that can be dangerous. Oh, it's extremely dangerous, especially with all the beers we're consuming. Yeah. Um, I, I see you're pouring your second one. What? <laughs> In the corner of my eye, I'm looking at the camera, but I can see you. I can see it. Like, oh, oh, yeah. That's the one thing my eye can catch. Bottle yeah. openers. <laughs> um, this is just, yeah, it's very interesting because... Also, that was the same time. All this news, as soon as you started talking, I was looking at Intel, and then why did they uh, all of a sudden decide to stop their ARC series? And I was like, well, why, you know, maybe maybe they're doing something with the... I, I have it actually on very good authority that Intel ARC is going to continue as planned. There is some dissension within the ranks of the company as far as should they continue on with ARC? Because they've already invested, what, three to four billion dollars with a B into R&D. But when you're this close and you literally have retail products ready to go, it's really simple. It's really stupid to pull out, in my well, yeah. plebeian opinion. Yeah, from my understanding, we talked about it just, or yeah, in the show, we talked about that it's just being, it's going to be a one series. And then they're like, yeah, we're done. This is it. Uh, it's, we're just releasing this one card. I, I... In the weeks since that conversation of like, is our canceled? Is it not? Hey, here's a new yeah. card, or maybe it's not available. Um, I have heard 
internally and externally from sources I cannot vet, I, I cannot confirm nor deny, that arc will continue and flex will continue and A pro cards will continue. Um, so take that with all the grains of salt in the world because I cannot say officially one way or the other. Uh, but I have heard through the grapevine on the train tracks from, from a guy who heard it from a guy uh, that they're going to keep producing arc. So. Okay. Well, that, that'll be it. Well, we talked about those being mid-level cards. And those are good. Obviously, those are not going to compete with the 40 series or even the 30 series, really. Uh, but Actually, uh, the A770 benchmark says it competes with an RTX 2080. 2080, yeah. 2080. So that's not a bad entry point. And if you consider where a used 2080 is selling for, which is right around 400 to $450, yeah. $350 for a 16 gig variant. Right, new too. Yeah. You're right in the ballpark of where you want to be. Yeah. And, and remember, right. I said you don't have to be competitive top to bottom, you have to be con competitive in a segment. And yeah. with NVIDIA producing so many SKUs, that means there's so many different segments to compete in. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that that's that's the the bad part. Um, so, uh, what, all right. So what do you what do you have? I see you. You've been smirking a lot, sniffing a lot. A blue label. What do you got? From Badger Hill Brewing. I've never heard of that. Thank you, so. Novella. Madness is the method. Belgian quad. Uh, Got me at there, right there. Got me there. Ten point one percent. Okay. <laughs> I got you beaten that. I got yeah, you beaten that. proudly brewed and bottled in Badger uh, in Shakopee, uh, Minnesota. Badger Hill Brewing LLC. So. Okay. Oh my God. But a Belgian quad. It's it pours like honey. Uh uh. I love a good Belgian quad. Uh, that is the one thing I, I do wish the Northwest made a little bit more of was the uh, was Belgian the, style. Was the German Bills. styles. Yeah. German styles, Belgian styles, you know. I really enjoy those styles. Belgian uh, underground was such a rose so, among thorns. Oh, no, it, it was. Like it that. was. That's why I always had them on draft. If I could, if I can get it, I was like, I'll, I'll buy kegs. Uh, so no one knows what we're talking about there. Uh, there, there's a really good friend of ours who started up a brewery called Belgian underground and they were a gypsy brewer, uh, yep. here in the mid Willamette Valley in Oregon. And they produced nothing but Belgian inspired and Belgian beers. Um, and, uh, gosh, what was that tripel? The, uh, it was, the, uh, uh army the, secret. the secret, secret army. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a reminiscent of the, of the Belgian secret army from world war one. And yeah. uh, and it was a it was a blend that was inspired by a beer that they actually made in that day, and it was like seven and a half or eight points percent. Somewhere like eight and a half, something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere right in that area. Literally so the good. best Belgian beer so I have ever had in my life. So good. I, I and I've was... had beer shipped to me from Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> like... No, I was I I could get the um, Sheldon is the Sheldon. Yeah. I, uh, I can get, he offered me the recipe if I wanted it. Did he? Yeah. So he was like, yeah, if you want to go ahead and brew it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> John, I mean this very seriously. 
So, so you know what we should do? What we were talking about, what I messaged you the other day about? We should do that. that that's what that's what we should do. We should do that. <laughs> Speaking of craft computing and Patreon only uh, merch. Only things. Yes. Uh, I have friends oh. in very good places hey, and they have canning have, machines. Oh, yes. I have 500 empty cans right now, actually. I, I have friends with labelers and canning machines and <laughs> and uh, and OLC licenses that can ship yes. to all 50 states. Yes, 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 we do. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, they are very interesting, I didn't, by the way. I didn't know that Sheldon had offered you that recipe. Yes. And if, and oh, if yes. that's the deal? Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, if you want it, I'll, I'll give it to you. Because I can message Sheldon, too. It. Yeah. It was like, Sheldon's yeah, a good friend of mine as well. Brew. So... Uh, I right, would totally, I would totally gypsy brew secret army. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. That, I mean, everything else they had was good, but that was, mm -hmm. I could have it a hundred times, but like, I'm still going to order that beer. Yeah. You know, that was a thing. Just like you were saying, every time you go to a burger joint around here, it was there every now and then. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, give me, no, no, you saw that. And there was a beer you've never had. Like, I don't care. I want that first. Yeah. Um, so. in fact, in fact, Hold on. I need to go back to literally the first episode ever of Talking Heads. Oh, is it in it? I think it's the first beer I ever had on, on this my stream. You stole it from my dresses. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't that one. It was. It might have been the first literal craft computing video ever. Um. Is it in that first video? Oh my gosh, these are horrible. <laughs> it is. Oh, is it? Secret Army from Belgian Underground is the first video, or the first beer. So here it is. One thing you'll see in each of my videos is a beer on the table or in my hand. In this case, I'm drinking the 2016 Amare Secret Belgian Secret Army from Belgian Underground. It's a Belgian style golden strong ale at 9.7. There it is. There Nine it is. seven. Yes. Um, so yeah, literally the first beer ever on craft computing was the Belgian underground secret army. There we go. So it, uh, yeah, <laughs> could be something. Yeah, that that could be a that could be a very interesting bit of merch. Limited <laughs> edition buy. Limited edition. Yes. Although, yeah, we we would. Uh, I could talk better. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the logistics of who would help brew it and then knowing the recipe. You know what's really funny is the place they used to brew it is now owned by another friend of ours. I know, right? I'm my ex-employee. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know a guy. <laughs> It'd be uh, on the same equipment, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, it is. That's so funny. So Belgian Underground used Seven Brides Brewing in Silverton, Oregon to brew their beer. They would come in literally at night. It's called Gypsy Brewing. So yeah. when Seven Brides was not brewing their beer, Belgian Underground would come in and use their equipment. Um, Seven Brides went under and sold their facility to a really good friend of ours who runs Ratchet Brewing, which is now located in Silverton, Oregon, using the same equipment on the same site. And so, he has an OLC license with a shipping thing and a, like all that good stuff that we distributes need, beer. We need to talk. We need to have a serious conversation. We really uh, do. 
Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, and then, so his wife was actually one of my employees while Jeff was running the VR arcade above and then started Craft Computing. Yep. And that's what started Craft Computing. She was a stingy uh, poor, too. <laughs> well, yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where all the pouring skills from Ratchet come from. I'm like, uh, all right, I guess. Um, all right, so my beer. Can I sample I, that? You've had two already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, come on, Julie. Julie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have Prairie Artisan Ales Basic Rebecca. It is their barrel-aged imperial stout with pumpkin and fall spices, 13.6%. So, But it is only 12 ounces to your, I believe, like 16 9 or, or oh no this is this is a full uh 1, 1.9 and so it's oh. actually a 25 ounce yes 25.4 ounce well i have more beers than my friend yeah um i gotta say this is probably the second or third best belgian beer i've ever had That's it is certainly up there um and I'm not just saying that for the ABV. Like, like it's it's 10.1 percent, and it's 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 a heavy hitter. Man, are all the right notes there? Uh, if I'm being honest, I could use just a little bit more of that, like banana nectar on the back end. I I want just a little bit more of that lingering. But this is man, very, is this phenomenal? This is interesting because it has all the right flavors. <clears throat> but it's thin. And so I kind of almost wish it was thicker. Yeah. It's got um, it's got a really it it needs to be aged probably another year, honestly. It's still got a boozy flavor. But it's got decent pumpkin spice to it. it. It tastes like that pumpkin pie with bourbon, but like a young bourbon, so it's boozy. Yeah. Um it's <clears throat> and then it's thin, and I really wish it was thick. Because when you say imperial stout, everyone always thinks you know, syrupy, little chewy, syrupy, little chewiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate because that it sounds, everything else is fantastic. Amazing. Right. Um, Hey, I did want to, I did want to mention, and this is going to be kind of a shout out. Uh, you said you watched all of the 40 series releases. Yes. Uh, my personal favorite was action. I'm going to give a shout to BPS custom. BPS. I I was hoping you would mention Brian. I mean, like that was a great video. It was a it was such a wonderful uh, a way of showcasing this and just out of the park and it was great. I mean, he did the standard one too, the next video. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it, go check out BPS Customs. Thank you. And he breaks every record, every record out so, there. So 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 Brian from BPS Customs, really good friend of mine, uh, one of the first like YouTubers I met in the space. Um, he does some phenomenal content. By the way, go subscribe to him. Yeah. But especially go watch his 4090 review because instead of just giving the benchmarks from Shadow of the Tomb Raider and and CSGO, which was obviously CPU limited and this and that, and like the same like 12 games we all see, he said, how many world records in 3D Mark can we beat with this card? Like it's supposed to be twice as fast, which means I should be able to just give it a slight little bit of a boost and uh, break every world record that stands today, right? Well, let's try that. And he does it. <laughs> and so he goes through like every title in 3D Mark from from Port Royal and and uh, 
uh, oh gosh, Time Spy and Firestrike and, and whatnot. And he goes, I'm going to hold every world record at the end of today. And all I did was give the 4090 like 12% boost. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that most he ever did was like a 20% boost. Yeah. Boost. And it was like, uh, it, it was great because he, he talks a little bit about the boosting software and like, oh, it's mm -hmm. it's a bit more interesting than the previous series, the 30 series. Yeah, it, and... it's got so much more fine tuning and so much more yeah. nuance to it that... Uh, when when the uh, the XOC people get a hold of it, you know the the extreme overclockers, the the Derbowers of the world, and the the uh, bearded OC and, and and all those guys, when they start pouring liquid nitrogen onto it, holy crap, are we going to see some numbers? But uh, but he goes, man, like on air, I'm running at like 75 degrees, and yeah, I just set another world record. Cool, rack it up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's no, awesome. I yeah, it, it, it's a great video. There's a lot of pretty large YouTubers online and Twitter, and you guys are all friends and, mm -hmm. and you know, um, know, know each other, your acquaintances right. and, and chat right. with each other. Uh, but yeah, everyone's like, be pissed. That was, that was amazing. That was a great video. It, it is. It's totally worth the watch. It is a fantastic way of benchmarking and showcasing this video. It should get him more views than he currently has. It's a great video. Uh, and also shout out to the, I don't know if the, the Maniac Geek, who's also a subscriber, who helps him. Uh, he's on the channel. Um, he helps out. If you're looking for keyboards, check out his, his channel. Yes. Um, Maniac Geek, ha it, if if you liked the, the little bit of custom keyboard stuff that I dabbled into on the channel, go check out Mike over at Manic Geek. Yeah, uh, uh, but he, he does some... Yeah. Right, yeah, he he uh, does some editing and also does some uh, some other stuff for BPS, uh, Brian. Um, but uh, man, if you wanted to know the the ins and outs of like lubricating your switches, Mike's your guy. <laughs> yeah, Mike's your guy. Oh, and other things too. Like like he's he's a cool guy anyway. But yeah, he's all about that lube. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates me saying so too. Uh. Yeah. Let's see. What else we got? Tech Geek chimes in with 50 bucks. Just got off work. Catch you guys in the after party. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. you for the uh, for the contribution. Much appreciated. Going to be interesting to see how these 40 series cards do. I'm still sitting with a GTX 1070 or GTX 770. Um, actually, a significant upgrade would be like, I just bought a GTX 1080 for 160 bucks. Like, like, I know the 4090 is going to be huge, and I know eventually we're going to get the 4080 and 40... The, the not the not 4080, 60. but the 4070. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, NVIDIA is butchering their naming again. Uh, but eventually we're going to get some lower tier cards. But God, what's the 60 series going to be? Like $700 this time around? Like, fuck off, NVIDIA. Um, yeah. Well, I mean... I was saying in the chat, it, we're, we're going to be in two years, we're going to be the age of dual power supplies in uh, towers now, just for the car. Well, normally we go in a TikTok cycle, a la the old Intel thing. Like, we're going to do a fab drop, and then we're going to do a boosted as high as we can. And then we're going to do a fab drop, which low, which lowers our, our overall power target and increases our thermals and and betters our efficiency. And then we'll, we'll jump up again. Um... NVIDIA, like, three in a row has gone, like, nah, screw it. Throw more power at it. Yeah. <laughs> and bigger, too. <laughs> Let's increase the size of it. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the need for a thousand watt power supply is finally here. Uh, Corsair going, this is my moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, you better get gold series too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like silver or bronze. That stuff will fry. What's really funny is is I have my heavy metal PC, my my all steel PC that I built this last year uh, and took to PDX land. Um, it has a 6900 XT on it right now. And in fact, when I originally built it, it had an RTX 3090 on it. I literally can't upgrade it because it's an SFX power supply. I can only get 850 watts which is the draw of the 4090. That's what I was talking about. It's 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 going to be this new world. It's going to be weird. It's uh these power supplies are base or graphics cards are basically going to have its own uh, you know power cable to it basically soon. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's going to end up having to be. It's screw the power supply. You're going to have a dual basically input Here's the deal. To your, to your John, wall. here here's the problem with that. Most houses have 15 amp circuits. You're pushing it at 1,200 watts. You can't hook up yeah. a second power supply on the same circuit. You'll blow the damn circuit breaker. <laughs> oh, you think the people care? No, they'll still do it. To, as the, I don't. As the, I have two circuits I, down here. I've got 30 amp upstairs. Like, I don't. Well, yeah. No, people won't care. Or people won't care if they blow it. They're like, who cares? Uh, I'll still buy it. Yeah. My electrical grid should be able to handle it, right? They'll just put a, a GFI unit on there. Like, oh, man, dang it. <laughs> yeah. They'll blow their their click. blow their holster click. Right. Yeah, they'll just hold it down <laughs> as it's constantly tripping like that. That takes it right there. Right. That way, my power supply never blows. I'll just hold it. I get thirteen hundred frames per second to do maternal, but I have to hold my finger right here. Yeah, as the sparks are coming out of the GFI, yeah. click 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 click. It's click, getting click, really click. hot. <laughs> How long until dedicated thirty amp circuits required for a sixty ninety? Boy, I don't know, but it's putting my cloud computing server into uh, a lot of question moving forward. Yeah, I know. It, it, some of this stuff is just, I mean, it's its amazing to see the performance. This is similar to like the Bugatti Veyron, essentially. Um, yeah. We're kind of like in that territory of car, but then they're like, you also have 12 uh, uh, coolers in it, you know, um, and, and it takes up so much space, and, and it's so heavy, and it's so large. Uh, here's, it radiators. Here's you know, the thing that probably no. Yeah, I'm going to talk down to you all. All all the Zoomers don't understand. Is is remember back to the 2000s to the gigahertz race, and then we had another similar race when it was the dual cores, uh, in the 2005 to 2008 era. Um, where AMD and Intel were at each other's throats and AMD and NVIDIA were also at each other's throats. And it was who could come up with the best product in the next three months to obsolete the competition. And it was literally like, boom, boom, boom. But it was such a heavy hitting time to be alive. And it's why a lot of the people in my age got into computers because it was so exciting. Um, It was cars, except I could afford it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when you look at cars like the Bugatti Veyron and the, uh, the, the Ferrari LaFerrari and, 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 and all the, 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 the hyper cars and supercars that are out, they're a dick measuring contest. The likes the world has never seen. 
Yeah. But when you have two or even three companies that are trying to one up each other within the fiscal year, you get those kind of competitions. But the and in the end, the consumer wins because we get better technology and we typically start getting it at a better price. But on the bleeding edge of that forefront, man, it's expensive. The RTX yeah. 4090, fastest graphics card the world has ever known. Also $1,600. Like, yeah. Uh, for a while, like, we looked at the Titan V and went, holy crap, $2,000 for a Titan. And NVIDIA went, hold <laughs> my beer. Um... You know, it, it really is insane the leaps and bounds that we can make when competition is rampant. But this same technology will trickle down, but it's going to take a generation or two to really see the fulfillment in our wallets. Uh, so right now, like, we're on the track to see a 60 card that is $550 as far as like an RTX 4060 if we ever see one. Uh, the the mid-tier gaming computer went out the window with the last generation. I mean, you know, pandemic notwithstanding, you're looking at an RTX 3060 that costs $400. That card should have been $230. yeah. Uh, you know, $199. Where's the $150 card? Oh, it's the... It's the A380 from Intel. No one buys that. Uh, you know, Intel coming out with the with the A750 and the A770 at even $350. As expensive as that is, that feels like a win. And it shouldn't feel like a win. It, it That should feel like a... Intel's flagship card is competing in the mid-tier, but there's still cards for $199 that are a better value. No, that $350 feels like, man, budget gamers, eat it up. When I used to be able to buy a brand new graphics card and put a PC together for three hundred fifty to five hundred dollars, like it's it's a completely different game that we're playing today. We'll benefit eventually from it, hopefully, if the market corrects itself. But right now, it's it's a dick measuring contest between two companies. Well, and it just sucks that Nvidia cut out too. Uh... You know, that was the thing, like, I, I kind of referred to back was their performance for the 30 series was, like, it was, like, 5 to 10, sometimes, like, 12% better in, in certain cards. And the fans, oh, the cooling may not have been speed, but it was cooling or power performance. They dropped it down just a hair or whatnot. Or size-wise, um, sometimes people just like the look of that better. It kind of sucks now that that's gone. And... Uh, yeah, it just become now. It's just a big old manscaping wagging competition. Check out what I got, uh, and it's now two companies. It is literally just you know Nvidia and AMD going mm -hmm. after each other, um, and hopefully Intel getting into the mix. But again, Intel's not in the position to produce a dozen that, SKUs that no, across yeah. their entire lineup. Like I'm still hoping Intel comes in with like a 199 budget range killer. Like I want that card again. Uh, because for much of my life, those are the cards that I bought. 
Well, yeah, uh, just like you're talking about when, when you were talking about the guy who needs to upgrade. That's the card you want to go and recommend. Right. You want to up? You want to recommend the mid tier? You upgrade. have a GTX 770 that you spent two hundred and fifty dollars on. Guess what? I've got another two hundred fifty dollar card that's going to last you the exact same amount of time since Kepler. Exactly. That's which was two thousand fourteen. I mean, I want to be able to recommend a card like that to someone again, but I can't yeah. today. No, and unfortunately, when we do talk about that stuff, it's that that is market price, and that's what we want to be able to recommend. Now it's just like, oh, you got to go in the used market, and hopefully you'll find this, and hopefully it was a good card. Hopefully it wasn't used for crypto mining and overclocked and abused. We don't know. Uh, that those are gambles that might work out for some people sure there are happy stories like that but we want to be able to recommend brand new cards that are out there that are mid-level that are on a budget and that are under that 250 mark basically 250 and under is a great graphics card price for beginners or a slight upgrade for people most people cannot afford 500 and up really honestly right. no one can for a know. single component in their computer no it's 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 unrealistic yeah it's unsustainable i mean that's that's literally the you want to you want a deal today that'll last you a decade go buy an rtx 3090 for 850 bucks if you if you yeah oh yeah that will but i mean the it, rtx 4090 is twice as fast but guess is but guess what the rtx 3090 is half the cost I mean, it's kind of like that. those memes that are going out there that are like, oh, my computers, what can your console do for gamers? Again, most graphics cards are deemed for gamers. Yes. And it's like, my my console, your console only does, uh, your PS4 is only $400, or your, or your, your graphics card is $1,000, and I can get all these clocks. Yeah, but I only pay $399 for my console. What right. did you pay for your graphics card? You know, what yeah. did you pay for your PC? That's the thing. The gamers are like, Screw you guys. I'm going to go to a console now because the, I'm getting most of the same uh, games and there's a market for that. Maybe I'll just start learning to play on a controller. I don't know. Screw you all. Whatever. If you're a Twitch streamer, YouTuber that, that does all game stuff, they'll just go to that. You're not going to be streaming in that high definition. Uh, of thing and it's more people are watching not for how many kills you're getting but more for just your attitude and your aneurysms and everything like that right um it, yeah it the consumers that they're trying it seems that they're going for are just the high-end market they're just you want a ferrari you want everything sure every professional football and football player are probably going to buy these that do pc game but most of them even do even those guys do console gaming because they're like, screw it. I just want to plug it in right. and go. Right. It, it doesn't make any sense. And the mid-tier area, that's what AMD actually did very well when they tried to start building back up uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah. They hit the mid-market. Yeah. And they're like, well, well like I hit- said, well, like I said, right now, my heavy metal gaming PC, which is probably the PC that I'm going to take to PDX land here in November, is running a 6900 XT. Is there any game that it can't play at 1440p at like 120 FPS? No, there's not. There's not a single title that will drop below 120 FPS at like ultra settings minus like, hey, let's turn the anti-aliasing down from 8x to 4x. Oh, what a sacrifice. Guess what? It's still freaking amazing. And 
while 4K gaming has been like the push from manufacturers for the last number of years, what is 4K gaming versus 1080p versus 1440? It's a little bit more fidelity. But is it really? Because 4K is just a resolution. It's just your rendering number of pixels. Is it actually more fidelity? Is it actually higher resolution? In some games, yes, it is. In some games, if you don't have high enough textures or high enough poly counts or good enough graphic design, it doesn't matter. And let's hope your mother even like supports half of this stuff too. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you're sitting there like, yeah, I got a 4090. I got a 60 hertz monitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It won't do jack. You know, you got a 1080 If you have 30... a 60 hertz monitor, under $200, you can get a GTX 1080 today. Right. I, I, that's your just, card. That's what. That's your card. And that's the problem. So anyone that they're going to market toward, you're spending almost the exact same amount as a used car to upgrade to everything you actually need to see the beneficial cost. You know, um, someone who has a 1080, even a 1080 Ti or something, even a, a 2060 or, or 2070, uh, 60, whatever, uh, uh to see that boost in performance, you're going to need another monitor. You're going to need another power supply. You're probably going to need a better processor, too. That's the other thing. Um, the gaming benchmarks that were released today, most of them were CPU limited at 4K, and it was already pushing 120 FPS Yeah, in, like, every you're, title. So it's, it's, it's a big, like you said, it is a huge jump. You are correct in that. It is a phenomenal jump that it's, here's the potential. Yeah. The problem is the price of that potential, the cost on the consumer is not worth it. It is cool to see these leaps and bounds. It's really cool to see that. It really is. Right. And uh, and, um, and again, within the next generation, consumers are going to win. So long as that technology actually trickles down and actually becomes affordable. But what is affordable today? Like... Uh, Boy, do we want to dive into like the housing crisis and crap like that? Or do we just want to say $500 for a graphics card is obscene and it was obscene when the GTX 1080 eclipsed it, let alone $1,600 for the RTX 4090. Like, <laughs> like yeah. how far do we want to go with that? Uh, uh, yeah, no, there, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, although, honestly, it's not even just computers and everything we can get into that. But, but oh, well, this is a, Tech and beer show and, and mostly tech. But Seven dollars yeah, so. for eggs the other day. I mean, okay. Here's the thing, Jeff. You and I pay like thirteen bucks for a beer. <laughs> right, but that's a luxury item that I could very well do without. Like, uh, yes. Like, there, yes, there's yes. also things to be said about that, and 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 I don't mean to be like because I'm, I'm not a one. I'm not a one percenter, but I like to think of no. myself as like an eightieth percenter. Yeah. Where. I can't afford like a $13 beer. Like I opened a $17 beer for my video today. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's not that we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not that, but, but at the same time, there are limits to what we will, even us will spend. And, and, and at the same time, well, well, you and well, I also well John, we, from... we, we both have that hundred dollar Anchorage in our fridge. 
that's true. Uh, but but I have multiple. <laughs> I know. I'm like, has anyone ever seen this label? And John's like, I have three. And I'm like, no other. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but also, I I think too that similar to going back to the conversation of wives, uh, we we work very hard, and you and I, and all everyone on our this this show has worked very hard in our fields, and I think. I like to think, I like to think that most people, once they get married, they find that joy and they pursue a happiness to continue to grow, to benefit their families. Yeah. Um, we have been blessed that we all came from probably a lower standpoint than where we are now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so we know how, I know, I especially, I will speak for myself. I, I know how I for lived for 35 five years of my life. <laughs> exactly. So I will not speak for any, but I will not speak for anyone else on the show. I know how I grew up. I know how, when I was first married, I know the struggles of the very first multiple years of being married, of food and expenses and coupon cuttings and things I had to go and through. And being kicked out of apartments and rental houses yeah. and so, like, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. we're... We're gonna you do sell not, the you do house. Not qualify for this loan right. because of X. You know, uh, you know, you haven't been doing it long enough, so it doesn't count. Twice, of- twice we had rental houses knocked out from under us because the owner was going to sell the house. No, they wanted us to not renew our lease so they could up the rent by higher than the law allows with a new tenant. Yeah. So we, have, I, I will guarantee. It. Yeah. So when we talk about having the expenses to buy a $16 beer, but we know the feeling of right. of not being able to afford that, of not being able to afford a even a $250 graphics card, being like, that's the dream. That's why we recommend the $250 graphics card. Right. We don't recommend the 500 the inner. You don't have this elite stuff? No, that's not it. We, we know the value of things. You don't need that. We, you really don't. These are blessings. You work hard. You get it. Uh, and you're, you're blessed with that. And that's what it is. Um, I, I am, not, I, am so, though, I am so humbled to be able to do what I do today. I, I think yeah. that's the right wording. Um, yeah. Because literally up until the point that I started my YouTube channel, I built every computer that I had ever owned out of used components. Like I, I had only ever built one brand new PC and it was because I won a laptop in a giveaway. Uh, so all the way back in 2008, uh, Fallout 3 and Games for Windows Live. Remember them? Remember the, the new big thing uh, with Windows Vista? Games for Windows Live? Uh, if you logged in to Games for Windows Live on one of their like six games that they had, uh, if you logged in during the day, you would be registered into a contest automatically to win a subset of prizes. Okay. Um, during that contest, uh, we had the Oregon ice storm of 2008, which literally shut down Oregon and crippled our infrastructure for like three weeks. Yeah, I remember that. Um, like it was bad. Yep. And 
we didn't have internet for most of it. We barely had electricity. I happened to log in one day during this contest and my username was selected to win a brand new Alienware MX-17 laptop. An Area 51 MX-17 with dual GeForce 9800 GT graphics cards. Yeah, 9000 series NVIDIA. Oh wait, that's before they reset. Uh, it had a first generation Intel i7. Or no, no, sorry, it was a Core 2 Quad. It was a Core 2 Quad mobile. It was a 9600 Core 2 Quad. 17-inch um, screen and a couple of other extras. Um, retailed for like four grand. I ended up receiving the laptop after like going, this isn't real. I didn't win. There's no way I won. Yeah. Um, and I ended, I ended up selling the laptop on eBay for like 3300 bucks because I didn't have the money to pay the taxes to pay for the laptop. And so if I accepted the prize, I wouldn't have been able to afford the prize. So I accepted the prize and just listed it for sale. And I went, at the end of this, I'll get like two grand when I'm all done with like eBay fees and PayPal and everything else. And I'll build myself a computer. And so I built myself a, a Core i7-920, first generation Nehalem X58, had an X58 EVGA classified motherboard. I had 12 gigabytes of OCZ Platinum memory. Oh God, that was phenomenal. 1333. Uh, dual 9800 GTX Plus graphics cards. Um, dual 80 gig uh, hard drives in a RAID 0 for my operating system. And three one terabyte drives in a RAID 5 for, for my, my data drive. Um, and it was wonderful. And I'd never been able to build myself a computer like that before. And and honestly, until literally the last couple of years, I hadn't been able to build myself a computer like that since. Because that was the first time I'd had extra money to do something. Uh, so when I come across and say, budget graphics card need to return, it's not from a facetious standpoint. It's from a... Yeah. I get it standpoint. It's from a, I'm in this hobby too, and I want this hobby to continue. And I understand what it's like to piece together a used computer from, from parts you found at Goodwill and Free Geek and, and your grandma gave you an old motherboard and build yourself a gaming PC. That's how I got into this hobby. That That's how I've lived in this hobby. I find I find we get more joy out of it doing that type of stuff too than the than the people that yeah I was given this graphics card blah 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 I don't I I always find the MacGyver esque the scal scavenging mm -hmm. type thing I I find that more rewarding just like a lot of your videos like you've gone through hey here's what I have in my back shed let's see what I can make the best out of it with adding one extra component right that's modern right now this competes. All these old stuff, but if I just add this one thing that's within most people's budgets, it competes now. Let's see if it competes. Oh, right. it kind of does. Right. You know, those are good things. So I, I, I think people that understand that. I think a lot of the people also that watch and are in our community, they understand that too. And and if you want to know how far back my love of Zeons goes, <laughs> is everyone ready for this? In two thousand six. I got onto my local Craigslist 
which was barely a thing, uh, got onto Craigslist. And living in the shadows of Portland and Hillsboro and, and things like that, we sometimes will see, a lot more back then, less so now, but we sometimes would see some things from Intel employees that should not have otherwise been released. Um, because Intel's campus is, like, there. It's right there. Yeah. Uh, so in 2006, I'm surfing Craigslist, and I come across a guy who has a Xeon PC for sale. And it was literally just said, like, Xeon PC Tower was the, the title of the, the, the listing. Um, it was a Chenboro full ATX tower case. And when I say full ATX, I'm talking, like, Gateway 2000 old school full ATX. Um, it had a 600 watt power supply, uh, a, a dual Intel 604 socket motherboard uh, with no markings on it, and dual Intel Xeons of an unknown source. And I went, well, hell, that gets me a dual CPU system, which back in those days actually did because dual CPU was still shared cache and shared memory controller. And so every single core got to see every single bit of the memory. None of the like bifurcation that happens today with weird cache alignments and things like that. And a lot of the things that AMD's CCX uh, Infinity Fabric finally fixed literally within the last two generations didn't exist with dual CPU systems back then. Um, and the guy had it listed for $200. So I went up and I picked up the system. And I went, like, sight unseen, I want it. And uh, brought it back to my manufactured home, <laughs> my mobile home in a park, and uh, fired it up. And what I found was it was actually two dual-core, four-thread, Nokana-based Xeons that were clocked at 2.4 gigahertz. So in 2006, for $200, I scored myself a motherboard and CPU combo with four CPUs and eight threads with four gigabytes of memory for $200. $200. Yeah. Okay. Think of what you yeah. had in 2006. Not that. <laughs> but like I said, I've been in this hobby a long time. I knew things to look for. I was, I was looking at the time. I think I was searching for like some 3.6 gigahertz Xeons uh, to uh, like go, hey, what's the fastest, you know, single thread performance I can get right now? Um, and uh, that's just kind of what I came up with. And what that I was found was infinitely better after. than what I expected. It's like only two years after I met you, Jeff. Before when, I met I, you. when I say dual CPU, I mean, boom and boom. I mean, like two chips. Like actual two chips. I still not, not have the that welded together. I still have that board, and those CPUs. I still have that because I love them so much. Yep. Uh oh, we got uh, Brad has given us a super chat. Uh, Ten dollars. Thank you, Brad. No, no chat, but thank you, Brad, for the ten dollars, sir. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, Hey, quick question. I know we're, we're, we're getting close to the end. Um, you watch, uh, are you caught up on Lower Decks? No. Good, some good episodes. Some really I'm on episode good... two. 
I, I oh. haven't made it to the good ones yet. Oh man, the good ones are. I rough. know. The, 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 oh, was, like last week's was really good. Last week's was really good. So this week's I, was okay. Do, do you follow Iris Stephen Barr on Twitter? I think I do, but I don't like have him as like a oh, super follower. Or he like that. he's the showrunner for DS Nine. Okay, he was going absolutely berserk two weeks ago. Yeah, no, it was it was a great, probably the best episode of the season. And that's what I heard. And so oh far, my so god, far. I can't so wait to funny. see it. And but I, I'm and still, I don't want to spoil it. I'm so. still three episodes behind. I I'm not all the. Uh, I we were late at finishing season two. Like I I was like two episode five on time, and then episode six through ten, it was like we had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it's been kind of like out there. Like, yeah, this is a show I'll circle back to. Um. And so finally, within the last two weeks, uh, we sat down, we lost, watched the final five episodes of season two, and then watched the first two episodes of season three. But we're still like three or four episodes behind current. And I know what's coming in episode five, in 305. I, uh, I, think, I, think, I think you're thinking six, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's they visit the Best Trek, and, yeah, and I've heard no, nothing second, but good things. Se- second Best Trek, but yes. They visit Best they- Trek. They missed second, but then I will. I will. There was not not. My, I I have a tiniest tiniest of a complaint on that one episode, and I I can I can technically spoil it because you know what it is. Okay. Right. All right. It is. So they go to DS Nine. They go to DS Nine, and they go to Quark's bar. I can tell. The voice actor for Quark and Kira are the original voice actors. Yes, they are. Quark is not wearing his mouthpiece. He is. He said as much. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. No, Quark, Quark, uh, so someone on Twitter accused Armin Sherman of dressing up in Quark's full attire. And he says, no, I didn't wear the tunic, but I did wear the teeth because the voice isn't the same without the teeth. Yeah, and, that's and direct from Armin Sherman. Oh, I have to look at that because it's <laughs> it's literally it said to me as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's Quark, but it sounds like Quark without it's smoother. Right. And I was like, oh, it doesn't sound right. He has to not it, be working. It's probably was, just it's probably just Quark in a proper recording studio because remember it was on set with a boom operator. Yeah, before. exactly. And so that's probably what it is. That. Literally, my only complaint of that episode, right. but everything else, yeah. the the background, the character, oh, this is this is this is gold. This is fantastic. Yeah. The jokes were great, and and then his voice was like, oh yeah, it kind of sounds like Quark, but it doesn't have that slur and, and right. everything. Like it doesn't, it's it got didn't a, sound like it's got that tongue on the roof of your mouth. Like like yeah, I've got I, it's it's a dog with peanut butter. It, yeah, it's that I, kind of effect too, and, and so it didn't have that. It was too smooth, and I was like, "Oh, he's probably just not wearing his mouthpiece, and that's probably what it is." And actually, okay, no. I, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so actually, he no, wore the teeth to do the voiceover. So like, oh, maybe he sharpened it too much. I don't know. The, too much of a Ferengi tooth. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Speaking of a little bit more Trek, because we have, did you see the latest trailer for Picard season three? The latest. They're not the not the original one with just the headshots. And then but where he's like in the cafe. Yes. And everything like that. Oh yes. Okay. Admiral, and, as all good Star Trek shows start. Oh right. right. Uh all right. 
what did what did you think of it? Um, the, boy. The, 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 now this is just a quick premise. We don't know the full story, right. just like other ones. But right. but what do you what do so, you think? So so Star Trek Picard. It's been a controversial show since the beginning, um, and I've had admittedly mixed opinions of the show as it's gone along, but I've I've always agreed to give it its fair shake. And overall, I've rated it fairly positively. There's been things that I haven't liked. There's been aspects of the story that I felt took too long. There's been aspects of the story that I felt were rushed, but at the same time, I'm not the one telling the story. Overall, like, like season one, I gave like a C minus and season two, I gave like a B minus to a B plus. It's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I'm happy it exists. I can agree with that. I, sure. I think is, is kind of my, my overall take of it. And it's certainly something I would watch again because there are great characters. There are phenomenal moments between yes. those characters. I can, I can agree with there, that. There's yes. amazing moments involving Data. There's amazing moments involving Raffi and Seven and Picard and Q and Guinan. And oh my gosh, it's just like, it, it gives so much closure and so much opening to new stories that how could you not like it? At, at least at its core. Um, sure, yeah. And, and so like that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. With season three, and, and what I said of Picard originally is I don't want just a reboot or a rehashing of TNG. And with season three, it seems they're going towards, number one, the entire original crew is back. So you've got Michael Dorn and Marita Suritas and uh, uh, Gates McFadden and... Obviously, LeVar Burton. Uh, LeVar Burton and uh, Jonathan Frakes, you know, all reprising their original roles as Riker, LaForge, not Data, but someone else, uh, and Crusher and Troy, and, and they're all there. The bridge crew is all there. Um, I'm having a harder time with the season three trailer than I did with either season one or season two. Really? I really uh, am. Okay. Okay, um, I, I see that. And and it's not that I don't want to see the gang back together. That's not it. I would love to see the gang back together. Yeah. It, it's... It's kind of what... They had established so much with Picard as far as new characters go. I kind of want to see some new characters grow a little bit. Yeah. That, that's part... Like, like I, I, I love what they did with 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 Raffi and with uh with Girardi and with Seven in her new role and 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 with Rios like I I love I actually fell in love with some of those new characters and I love what they did there and I hate that they're just kind of kicking them aside to bring on the old bridge crew. Secondly, I there the the trailer for Picard. So let's get into the discussion about the trailer now. Sure. The trailer for Picard implicates or implies that the TNG Enterprise D bridge crew is being hunted down yes. because of something that they went through, some mission that they went on that someone took offense to, and now they're, they're being hunted. And yep. the premise of this is Crusher's, Dr. Crusher's ship goes missing 
and Picard needs to go seek it out, and he's rounding up the old gang, and we're all going to go out and find Dr. Crusher. And it's it's an enemy that we've never seen before, but also at the same time, they also reintroduced freaking Moriarty. Yeah, that was the one I was like, who cares? This was not a character... I did like the original episode of him, which I believe was like yes. season three. Yes. Uh, it's when TNG never... finally started to find their footing as yeah. like, here's our identity. And here's a holodeck episode in which Moriarty, a holodeck character, gains sentience. Yeah. Um, is able to leave the holodeck, which should have no bearing like that scene, or, that season, or, that, that's a that's episode that's two, episode two okay. okay yeah still uh but but yeah 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 you you it was it was he gains he gains sentience and then uh picard says i will at the end of the first episode i will give your technology we'll research this um to make sure you're taken care of right and then moriarty says okay i released the ship and then I think it's like season six. And then they maybe. imprison him into like an isolinear yeah. chip and go see, like, you see, can live yeah. your entire so, life in here. So Good luck, buddy. Five years and more. It is like, I've never, you, you broke your promise, Picard. Right. And so I will take over the ship again because I'm super smart. Right. Uh, and then Picard said, well, I'll trick you again into trapping you into this little computer. And then they, they sent him to the Danstrom Institute. Yep. Uh, to be researched. And so, you know, where, where lore and B4 and peanut yeah. hamster and, and, and all, all of those, uh, peanut hamper, excuse me. And, and all of those, you know, sentient <laughs> evil AI go to live out their days. Um, and, uh, I just don't know yeah, about, it, it comes back and it's like, if he I is the ultimate mastermind. I'm going to lose my shit and not in a good way. Uh, um, yeah, no, well, so yeah, I, I can kind of concur because then I can be like, to me, once I saw that, birthday, I was like, Sean, by the way, Sean oh, says Sean, today was his 58th birthday, dude. Cheers to that. Oh. I, I heard a drink, but congratulations. Uh, if 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 this storyline was already in the forefront of hey, here's season one, two, and three, this should have been season two, yeah. This, because Q should have been season three. Right. That's that's literally how it should have gone. Q should be the end all be all. But again, I love what they Picard. did with Q as far as like giving him a finale, and it doesn't necessarily have to. In as much as I love Jordy and Worf and Riker and Troy and Crusher and Wesley and. But but what I what I what I'm saying is though, does Q's that, finale that, have that, to involve them? And it didn't. No and no I loved no. It. But it, but what I'm saying is everyone could have been in season two and then it could have been an individual thing for season three with Q. Right. That's that. I think that would have been better. You, you bring back Everett, you bring back the whole bridge crew crew for season two that yeah. brings the fan base back in to watch. And then they want to watch season three. And then you bring back Q for season three yeah. and now it's individual character development and which could then lead to a series breakoff with, possibly like seven of nine and Girardi or whatever as some, some other, you know, she's a captain now, obviously um, they do that in season three and now uh, it's bridge crew. Darkest dot says, just wait till they decide to bring Will Wheaton back. 
They brought Will Wheaton back for season two of Picard for a cameo in which he recruited Soji as a traveler. You go, ah, I I want a spinoff. I I know you say that and I go, "Ah." I want Will Wheaton to own a Star Trek series. Quantum Leap. It's just Quantum Leap. It's Quantum Leap, but it's but it's Star Trek. And it's canon. Welcome to Enterprise. Your your favorite show involves Will Wheaton and it's canon that he's a traveler. Uh, No, it's not. uh, It's canon. No, no, no. You you haven't even watched Enterprise, which is just Quantum Leap, and he's just stuck as the guy who helped invent or or, or, or get breakthrough warp technology, and you refuse to even watch it. I didn't refuse to watch any. You you just said it was too bad. It wasn't good enough for you. What wasn't good? Sorry. The, the in Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, with with uh, which is Quantum Leap. So if we take Quantum Leap as a stagnant, okay. Then, I then watched <laughs> Enterprise very casually. It's it's great season three all. It's really good season three. Kind of like TNG. Weird how the worst of the, the great, 90s treks have it's, uh, it's fantastic. similarities. I don't, I don't remember DS9 being great till mid-season two. It's because you weren't watching it. Yes. Oh, bull. Every day I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want Plex is my favorite. I was actually, actually, after the trailer, I was like, I got to go rewatch everything. Yeah. Um, at least yeah, they're so, at least they're pretending Voyager exists in in the new Picard. You know, like Cisco still doesn't have any love. Where the hell well, is O'Brien? Well, that there, there's there's the thing of of that episode of uh, Lower Decks you're missing because they make fun of DS9 for all of its flaws. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Apparently, um, you didn't <laughs> watch the first Contact Day episode. I did. Uh, and, so, but as far as the trailer, so let's go back to let's go back to the trailer since John is losing his argument. No, I am not. So not losing this argument. There's a 50-50 fan base I can see from the chat alone. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, is that I, using I the electoral college or popular vote? <laughs> you, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> um, either way, it was rigged. We do have a $5 super chat. Thank you, Brad. I screwed up the Thanks, first Brad. time. eBay 2U, 4U, GPU, server chassis. I got one with two PSUs, planning on oh, Tesla, Tesla M40s, but maybe nice. P4s. Uh, and he gave me an item number. Uh, honestly, I would absolutely go P4s over absolutely Tesla M40s. Nice. The, the, the difference in performance is night and day. Uh, you get the same performance out of... 50% of a P4 as you do out of a full Tesla M40 with a lot less headache and a lot less power being drawn. Uh, yeah, they so, have a lot of power, but I don't know. They're, they're workhorses, though. They're, they're a great... They're a great value uh, at, at, at like a sub $100 price point for a 12 gig graphics card. Yeah. 99 12 gigs. But I think I really did 
showcase the architectural differences between Maxwell and Pascal with the P4s, and the P4 is by far the more efficient and better buy. And by the way, I have P100s hitting the, the channel next week, so make sure to subscribe. Yeah, check that out. Check out the yeah. channel. Thanks, guys, for everyone for hitting like, by the way. Yes. Awesome. 145, way more than watching. I think this is actually one of the top liked videos so far. For, it's up there. Uh, the talking. So mm -hmm. 46 already. So thanks, guys, for doing that. Sweet. Make sure to check out this the Discord. It, it is a minimum of $1. You can always do more. But if you even like even the slightest banter that we are doing or the content that Jeff's channel's on, there is a concentrated amount of that on the Discord, plus so much more. There's a gaming channel. There's a meme channel. There's a food and beverage beer where we talk about what we're eating and drinking. And there it's is all Star Trek themed. Basically, yeah, it's all Star Trek <laughs> themed. So if you don't know Star Trek, uh, maybe not for you, but it's fine. You, you, you catch on quick and then you learn to love it and hate Star Wars freaks like Red. It's fine. Uh, no worries. We don't serve your kind here. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it is it is a fantastic. There's also buy and sell. There is a tutorial area to learn new skills. Literally, it's not just hey, we talk tech all the time. No, 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 no. There's car areas. There's build areas. There's just an abundance to, of. To areas. put it plainly, how often do I tech, talk tech on Discord? One percent, two percent, one percent maybe. Yeah. No, like it's mostly like we're hey, here's what I'm. I'm, I'm joking about here's what I'm doing. or this is something like I, I have a car issue. I have a, a home issue that's like plumbing or, or personal. We talk music. There's a whole music channel. There's a whole uh, sports. We do sports stuff. It, it, it's really good. So uh, everyone, I know you probably sit there. Like, oh, it's 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 biased. No. It's now, 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 but well before we before channel. we go, John, I do have one last thing to do, and that's the sponsor okay. read that I didn't do at the thirty minute mark. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I even forgot about that. I'm so good. Man, that, I'm losing my position here. Oh, uh, today's video is brought to you by Linode, which apparently I'm going to cover half of with my face because that's the way we roll around here. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it works on Linux, it'll work on Linode. That includes the tutorials from most of the videos you've seen on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking, recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also announced they were the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Back in September of 2021, they announced that all 11 of their global data centers were getting NVMe drives, and best of all, storage rates remained at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com craftcomputing, and I apologize to Linode and will charge you half price for this sponsor spot. Sorry, uh, texting bought my bits. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> saying his his last couple of videos were were dumb. <laughs> so thank you, Skull, for reminding me of my obligations, which I completely oh, yeah. like. I I had remembered Thanks, at seven o'clock, but by like seven o five, it was gone. Well, I think that was by like the time I you were still in the I, middle I, I, of like. Good Comcast, it, it, bad Comcast. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's what screwed us because usually the co-host tries to like, hey, by the way, there's a sponsor. To, yeah. You know, and we try to do that. And so, yeah. Um, Alice, hey, thank you, Alice, for the Super Chat, $5. And uh, I'm annoyed everyone by talking <laughs> about, uh, wait, what? Wheatley Academy? Wheatley Academy? I know everyone by talking about the Wheatley Academy. Uh, I don't know what that is. Is that a book reference for Star Trek? No idea. I, that is beyond my scope. I know a lot, but that's... that's. I'm Googling. Yeah, me too. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, if you could... Uh, entertain us more. I would like to hear about it. But uh, thank you for the Super Jet. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, John, any uh, good of the order before we close here at 20 uh, past no. the hour? Uh, I'm going to do uh, hopefully best of pumpkin beer review coming either tomorrow, uh, Friday or Monday. Is there um, really I, a best of pumpkin? Not like, really. Here's what's uh, left of my pumpkin beer. It wasn't... Well, now, let let me do this review real quick because it wasn't the worst beer I've ever had. But as far as cold brew beers, it was probably the worst cold brew beer I've ever had. See, I think you would have liked mine better because the bourbon helped. And the only conflict, the only negative I had was it was thin, but everything else was like, it was this, like. This has a decent body, but it's like. Follow me here. Okay. Okay. Right. It's like two day old AM PM coffee, pumpkin yeah. spice style. Oh, oh, totally. I get most coffee beers. Coffee is a hard thing because you could introduce it so many ways. That's a great video I should do. Um, now this yeah. is just <laughs> an ale, which does not hold coffee flavor nearly as well as something dark and roasty, a la a True. stout or a, a porter or something like that. And so there are inherent weaknesses with doing cold brew ales. Uh, one of the only ones that I can think of that's done it successfully has been Rogue, and they have their cold brew IPAs, IPA. Yo, which fantastic. are freaking weird, but also amazingly good. Um, and if you've ever wanted to have like a cold brew coffee, but also beer, that's the one to go for is the cold brew or the cold brew uh -huh. IPA 2.0, which yeah. are both honestly amazing um but this was like a standard cold brew ale which was made with really bad coffee and then they added the worst pumpkin spice you've ever had in your life um where it's like it's a drinkable beer if that if it was just like a cold brew coffee ale but when you add the worst pumpkin spice flavor I've ever encountered. It's not great. <laughs> Which is interesting because so the, the the video I wanted to do is the best 
standard pumpkin beer that is domestically distributed all year round. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are plenty of cold brew or, or, or pumpkin beers locally to certain people, but yes. there are some that are just distributed nationwide. Elysian's Night Owl being yeah. one of them. Yes. Um, Southern Tears Pumpkin being probably the other one. Um, I cannot find that in the Pacific Northwest. And I looked it up the past two days. I think they actually stopped uh, shipping. So you might have actually even gotten like an old one, uh, something like that. So uh, that could be a reason or like, you know, old stock or something like that. Uh, but it's it's hard to find some stuff like that. Um, that That's the video I've got. But then another one I, I found, I'm hoping to have out either end of next week or week after why untapped is killing the craft beer industry so that'll be a fun one so kind of a more of a stats interesting thing i kind of already know where you're going with that and i'm I fully think you on know board. where i'm going we, i'm we had fully this conversation. on board. yeah yes. we've had this conversation many and many a times and i think it's a good conversation to, a good enough conversation to release on a video just to comment on and then bring them to the comment sections I, type of a thing i think you're right I, I think so. that's going to be a good one for you. Anyway, so yeah. uh, it's 25 past the hour. We were obviously like like eight minutes late to tonight's show for numerous <laughs> reasons. But at the same time, it is time to call it a day. This has been episode 255 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. He's John. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing for daily shenanigans. If you enjoyed a lot of the content here on this channel, you can join him at Hops and Brews uh, on pretty much any social media that exists because it was white space and he did his research before I did. Right. Any social media. Any. Right. Uh, $100 for a private room. That's right. Uh, anyway, no that's going to do it. And uh, thank you all so much for watching. Make sure to check out the podcast over on Anchor.fm or wherever your, your favorite podcasts are found. And as always, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, everyone.